Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 says, I don't come with you in eloquence of words, but of power and of the demonstration of the Spirit. And this morning, I don't just come with you with words alone. I want to come with you in power and the demonstration of the Spirit. And so let's pray and let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to join us because how many of you know we need Him to come into the room and He's already here. I just want God to be able to move in our midst today. So Holy Spirit of God, we pray that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Holy Spirit, we want you to be here with us. Holy Spirit, there's no area that you cannot have. There's no part of my heart. There's no part of my mind. There's no part of my family. There's no part of this church that you cannot have. So Holy Spirit of God, come and invade our place that we would submit to what you're wanting to do. Open up our ears that we could hear you clearly and open Open up our hearts that we could receive all that you have for our lives today. For it's in Jesus' name that we give you thanks. And all of God's people said aloud, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Our oldest daughter is 19 years old now, and she is a junior in college. I can't even believe it. A junior in college. When she turned eight years old, we wanted to do something together. I said, hey, sweetie, why don't you and I go have a fun day in San Francisco? Let's do a dad-daughter date for the day. And uh, she said, okay, let's go to San Francisco. Can we do the boat ride, the ferry ride from Vallejo? And I said, absolutely, let's do it. So we go to Vallejo. We park our car. Uh, we go onto the boat in Vallejo. And then, we, and then what we do is we take it into, the, into San Francisco. We land at about Pier 41. It's about an hour-long boat ride from there. We get to Pier 41, and then we walk over to Pier 39, world-renowned location, Pier 39. We walk around. We have a quick little meal. We walk over to where those walruses were. Go back to that walrus. Like, even just looking at that photo, I can smell the area in that place. Like, that place, like, the smell there is, you will not forget it if you've ever been there before. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Then we went from that place over to Fisherman's Wharf, and we had world-renowned Bodines. How many of you love clam chowder? Man, San Francisco knows how to make clam chowder. We have the clam chowder there, and then we decide, let's go walk over to the, to the cable car, and let's go around San Francisco, and let's go to all the different famous locations throughout San Francisco. We go to Union Square and all kinds of different places, Golden Gate Bridge, and then we finally get over to Lombard Street, and we're looking at Lombard Street, and it is the windiest road in America, the windiest street in America. It's true. It's in the internet. I, I looked it up. It's on the internet, and everybody knows that everything that's on the internet is 100% true. So it's the windiest road in America. Needless to say, we had an amazing day. We had so much fun near the end of the day. Now it's about 8 o'clock. And I said, all right, sweetie, we got to walk back over to where we need to catch the ferry back to Vallejo. So we get there, and we're standing in line. And I'm looking at the signs, and the signs are a little bit confusing to me. So I, I asked Lexi to hold our place in line. I walk over to one of the, one of the people that works there with the, with the boat company. 
And I said, excuse me, we're standing in this line. Is this the right line that's going to take us to Vallejo? Because I noticed there were two different lines. There was one line for Vallejo, one line for Richmond, California. So he said, yes, sir, you're standing in the, in the right line. This is the line for Vallejo, California. Just stand right there. You'll be fine. You'll get to where you're wanting to go. So I'm standing in the line. My daughter and I, we're doing the right thing. We're, we're waiting patiently in line. Once the doors open up, we get into the boat. We are dead tired. It's about 8.50 p.m. We've been there all day long. I think we arrived in San Francisco somewhere around 7 o'clock or so. We've been there all day. And so now we're ready to go home. We're dead tired. I tell Lexi, I said, hey, Lex, I'm super tired. It's going to be about an hour. Why don't we take a nap right now? And let's go ahead and just get some rest because we got a long drive home. So we get in. We both fall asleep. And after some time, we hear the person come on the loudspeaker. Boom, boom. Excuse me, all attention passengers. We have now made it to our destination. If you don't mind looking around, grab all your personal belongings, get your personal belongings, and go ahead and make your way towards the exit. Welcome to Richmond, California. <laughs> Richmond, California. So, so I do public speaking, and there's times where I'll say something like up, but I meant to say down, and in my mind I said up, but what came out was the word down, you know what I mean? Or sometimes I'll say right, but in my brain I said left, and so I'm thinking, all right, I just, the guy just got it wrong. He must have been working with, with Richmond yesterday, and he forgot he's in Vallejo today. So we get all of our stuff. We're walking out. We get to the door. I, ask, I tell the guy, because I, be, I, I just want him to be aware, like, hey, you got to know where you're at. you got to stay the right location. <laughs> so I tell the guy, I said, hey, uh, just so that you know, the person on loudspeaker, they said Richmond, California. Um, we're, we're, we're in Vallejo, California, because that's where my car is, and that's where we're going to drive. i got another hour drive. I'm not going to get home till about 11 tonight. So just, you might want to let the guy know that he, it was a little confusing hearing that. And he goes, sir, you're in Richmond, California. I don't know what to tell you. Your car is about an hour away from here. There's, you've got one of two options. You're either going to have to get a, get a hotel. You're going to have to stay the night. Then you're going to have to take the earliest boat ride to San Francisco and from there take it to Vallejo. But you're going to get charged again two different fares. Or you could take an Uber. Well, my daughter and I had to get back that night because church was the next morning. It was when we used to have services at, at 8 and, and 10 o'clock. So, yeah, 8 and 10 o'clock. And so I had to be here by 6.30 that morning. And I didn't get home till 3 o'clock that morning, dead, tired, all because of one thing. I realized in that moment that the place that I stood would determine where I was headed. That there are places that we can stand that will take us to the right place and there are places where we stand that take us to the wrong place there are places when you're standing right here this is the place that took me to Richmond that was a place that took me to Vallejo. If I wanted to go to the right place, I had to stand in the right location that would take me to the right place to where I was wanting to go. I wanted to get to the right place, but you know why it's important where we stand in the right place? Why that's important? Because the place matters. And there are so many believers standing in the wrong place, hoping to get to the right locations. Most of us, we want to get to the right place. Most of us, we want 
not all that God has for our lives, but we must understand that where we stand will determine our location and where we're headed. Listening to culture is not the right place to stand. There are right places and there are wrong places. Listening to culture is not the right place to stand. Listening to culture about our sexuality is not the right place to stand. Listening to culture about our morality is not the right place to stand. Listening to culture about how we ought to raise our children is not the right place to stand. Listening to culture about, about if we should stay married or not or leave or stay is not the right place to stand. Why? Because there's a right place and a wrong place. And where you stand will determine where you are headed. We cannot experience all that God has for our lives unless we position ourselves in the right place. Why? Because the right place matters. And people who experience all that God has for their lives are focused on living in the right places because they understand one thing. Come on, say it with me. The right place matters. So today I've titled the message, The Place Matters. And I want to give us some biblical truths and examples of people who experienced all that God had for their lives because they understood that the place matters. Let's take a look at 2 Kings chapter 5, starting at verse 10. It says, Elijah, Elisha sent a messenger to say to Naaman, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Naaman had a disease called leprosy. And Elijah, the prophet of God, he, God tells uh, Elisha, the prophet of God, he says, if you will go to the Jordan River and dip yourself seven times, then you will be healed. He couldn't just go to any river. He had to go to that specific river, and then he had to dip himself seven times. It was imperative that if he wanted his healing, he had to go to the right place and follow God's instructions in that right place. And Harvest Church, God has laid out instructions for you and for me found throughout his word that we must follow. And if we're going to experience all that God has for our lives, if we're going to experience all of his healing, if we're going to experience all of his benefits, if we're going to experience all of his blessings, then we will have to position ourselves in the right place to experience all that God has for us and do the right instructions. Verse 11, but Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. And so Naaman, he's upset with God. And he doesn't understand why all of this is happening. He thinks, God, why do I have to go to the different place to get my healing? God, why, why, what's taking place here, God? Aren't you just going to heal me the way that I want to be healed, Lord? Why is it so difficult, Lord? I thought you would heal me the way I want to be healed. And have you ever been in a place where you've been living with something so long that you just want God to heal you in the way that you want him to heal you, but God doesn't heal you the way you want to be healed and he does something different in your life? Have you ever been there before? Then Naaman goes on to, to say in verse 12, he says, Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? 
couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. So here's what Nehemiah, here's what Naaman is saying. He's saying, Lord, couldn't I just go to any river? Couldn't I just go to any body of water? Couldn't I just go to any river to get my cleansing, to get my healing, Lord? Lord, do you not realize that consuming this river college is right, I mean, consuming this river is right here in my backyard? Why do I have to go to the American River? That, that water over there is dirty. The consuming this river is clean. It's a running river, Lord. Couldn't I just wash myself in that river? God, do you not realize how far it is to go to the Jordan River? Lord, do you not realize how challenging it is and how inconvenient? it is for me to go all the way over there and the reality is that too many people live far too long with things they were never meant to live with because they think it's way too inconvenient to go all the way to the place that God is calling them to go but I want to tell you this morning go where God is calling you because that's where your healing will take place verse 13 Naaman's servant went to him and said my father if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. So Naaman, even though he's struggling with God, even though he has questions for the Lord, and even though he questions what God's will is for his life, he acts in obedience, he goes to the right place, he does the right instructions, and as a result, he finds his healing there because the place matters. Come on, somebody say the place matters. So many Christians don't realize how being in the right place matters, and there are wrong places and there are right places. Here's another example of being in the right place. It's found in Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse 10. The Bible says this. It says, verse 10. So now, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses couldn't just go to any country. He couldn't just go to any place. He couldn't just go to any location and just save any people group he wanted to save. Well, if he wanted to experience God's hand upon his life, and if he wanted to experience all that God has for his life, he had to go to Egypt, the specific place, and deliver God's people, that specific people, because the place matters. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men. And God tells Joshua and the nation of Israel, I want you to go to Jericho, and I want you to go to that specific place. I want you to march around that specific wall, and I want you to march for seven days. Then on the seventh day, I want you to march seven times. And on the seventh day, after you march seven times, then the walls will come, in, will come down, and I will give them and deliver them into your hands, but not until you do all that I've asked you to do in the right location where you experience all that I've called you to experience. And so what happens in that place is this. They couldn't just go to any city. 
they couldn't just walk around any walls. They had to walk around that city and around that wall to expect good results. Why? Because the place matters. And there are so many people filled in our churches today who are doing the right things, but doing them in the wrong locations. But God is saying, I didn't call you to do the right thing in the wrong location. I called you to do the right thing in the right location. Why? Because the place matters. Listen, I was doing the right thing when I was with my daughter, Lexi. I was standing in line. We were having fun. I was making her laugh. We were waiting patiently. We were doing the right thing, but we were doing it in the wrong location. Doing the right thing in the wrong location will get you towards an area that you don't want to go. Come on, somebody. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Notice it doesn't say he gave them this suggestion or I gave them something to contemplate. He said, I gave them this command. I give you this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. What gift? Talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the gift. My father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And Jesus says to them, if you want to experience all that God has for your life, you have to go to the upper room to experience the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire because I'm going to send you power there that will literally help you to change the world. And tongues of fire didn't happen everywhere. Tongues of fire didn't happen in every single city. Tongues of fire didn't happen to every single person in Jerusalem. They had to be in the right vicinity, and they had to go to the right room. Why? Because the place matters. And only after they're standing in that right room, in the upper room, do they receive the tongues of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They receive the power to evangelize the world, to change the entire world and destiny for every single person after that. And if you don't believe me there's a test that you can send if you want to know where your origin comes from where where your people group might come from you can go to ancestry.com you can send in your blood sample there's a ton of companies out there that you can do this with you prick your your finger you send in a little bit of blood they'll do a dna sample on it and they'll be able to tell you where your ancestry comes from where your people group comes from they'll be able to get it down to a geographical uh, uh, area they'll tell you you're five percent this you're three percent that they can break down every single part of you but if you were to look around this room this morning for every single person that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior I want you to know that not only can your DNA trace your regular roots but I want you to know that you personally can trace your spiritual roots back to something that happened in the upper room because every single one of us is here because the right people were in the right place received the power to evangelize the world and you you and I heard the gospel because one of the 120 that were in that room came and he started to evangelize and on down your family lineage, every single one of us, spiritually speaking, can trace our roots back to one of the 120 people that were in the upper room. Don't tell me that not being in the right place doesn't matter. Being in the right place absolutely matters. It'll change destinies. I want to help you this morning know the right places and how to experience all that God has for our lives. And so I want to look at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. Now that I laid some foundation for us this morning, everybody understand why the right place matters this morning? 
I want to give you four results of being in the right place. Number one is this. God will provide when you're in the right place. God will provide when you're in the right place. There was a severe famine and drought in the land when we're talking about 1 Kings chapter 17. And Elijah the prophet found himself in a desperate need. He needed food and he needed water to drink. Then God says to Elijah, I'm going to send you to a specific location, a specific place. Let's resume the story in verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here. And God says to Elijah, Elijah, my provision is moving. I know that I provided for you in the past in this place, but my provision is going to move. I need you to go to a different location. It says, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. And I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Verse 5. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Elijah follows God to the right place, and God provides the right amount of food and the right amount of drink for him in that specific place. And God used a raven to feed him. Have you ever seen what a raven looks like? The raven is an ugly, disgusting-looking bird. The raven is associated with death. Have you ever heard of the Baltimore Ravens? (laughs) Have you ever wondered why the Baltimore Ravens haven't won a Super Bowl in like over a decade or longer? It's because even their mascot knows that they're a dying franchise. Come on. We're my 49er fans. We got a, a, a lively, we got a lively team. We got a lively team. God used the raven, the bird associated with death to feed him. Do you realize that when something is dying or when something's about to die or something is wounded, that vultures and ravens will begin to swirl around that dead carcass or around that thing that is dying or hurt, and they'll come and they'll, and they'll hit, they'll start to hit it to see if it's dead or not. And if it's not dead, they'll literally, they'll literally begin to take flesh out just to make it bleed more. Those ravens are associated with death. Why would God use a raven, a bird associated with death, to feed Elijah? You want to know why? It's because God is saying to you and me that even when we're in the right place, that God will use a raven, something associated with death, to come and give you life when you're in the right place. Because when you're in the right place, God can bring you blessings. Because when you're in the right place, God can bless your life. Because when you're in the right place, that God can bless your life with your enemies. That he'll even use your coworkers to bless you. He'll use your family to bless you. He'll use your friends to bless you. He'll use even the most unlikely of people to bless your life when you're in the right place. Why? Because the place matters. God will provide when you are in the right place. 
So now we get to the portion of Scripture where the brook is all dried up, and now God is no longer going to use ravens to feed him. He's no longer going to use the brook for him to be able to drink. And God says to Elijah, I need you to leave this specific place. I know I've, I know I've provided for you there. I know I sent the ravens. I know I've sent the brook. But I'm going to allow those things to be dried up now because of a famine, and I need you to move. If you want to stay in my provision, I need you to move, which brings me to point number two. God will provide right relationships when we are in the right place. Verse 8 says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. And Elijah went to Zarephath, and when he arrives, he's hungry, and he's thirsty from the long voyage that he had. And now in this town, there's this widow whose resources are running out. And the Bible says that because there's a famine and a drought in the land, that this widow only has enough flour and oil to cook one more meal for her and her son. And so she's planning on cooking this last meal. She's going to eat this last meal, and because she only has enough resources for one more meal, her plan is to eat and then die of starvation and of hunger. So now Elijah sees this widow, and Elijah and this widow are a godsend for each other. Elijah is a godsend for the widow, and the widow is a godsend for Elijah. And the widow only had a little bit of flour left, but know this. Yes, Elijah didn't have any flour or oil but he did have faith in the God that also has provided for him in the other places and knew that God could provide for him. He had enough faith in the providing working power of the Lord. The, the widow only had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, but she didn't think that God could sustain her with the little bit that she had. They needed each other to experience all that God had for their lives. And because Elijah listened to the voice of the Lord and he went to the right place, it was in that right place where he birthed this right relationship with this widow because she had what he needed and he had what she needed. And there are right places where we can position our own lives, where we can start to build and birth right relationships in our life. One of those places is church. And so if we were taking a test here today, don't worry, we're not. All right, don't worry. There was no test here today. But if we were going to take a test, every single one of you gets an A plus, 100%, joining online or in person because you are in the right place to build right relationships. Do you realize that there's something special that happens when we come together under the banner of Jesus Christ and we lift up the name of Jesus? Because the Bible says that we, we lift up his praise, that he comes down and he inhabits the praises of his people, that there's something that happens when all of us are transformed by the power of Jesus Christ and we're able to build right relationships because there are people in this place that have what you need and, they ha and, and you have what they need building right relationships. Another location for right relationships to take place is in our small groups. If you're not in a small group, a small group is where the big church becomes small. It's where care, acceptance, and accountability take place. It's where all the meaningful, most, I should say, of the meaningful relationships I have built 
even today, are from life groups because it's where the big church becomes small, more intimate settings where you're able to get to really know people real well. Listen, if you're from 6th grade to 12th grade, let me encourage you, you have to get plugged into your youth group. That is the right location to build right friendships. I know that schools have all these other people that are there that are trying to get you to go wayward, but if you go to your youth group, I'm telling you, you will build right relationships that will help you to grow to become more like Christ. Come on, my, my youth, am I right? Listen, and if your parents don't want to take you to youth, you tell them, Mom, Dad, do you really want me to go wayward later on in life, or do you want me to start building right relationships today? Because if you want me to go build right relationships today, I need to stand in the place where I want to head and go to the right location. So, so Pastor, get, you tell your parents that if they don't want to take you, you say, Pastor Gary says you have to take me, that it's important that I build right relationships. You have them call me, and I will tell them they have to take you in the name of Jesus. I'm just, you know what, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. If a parent calls me, I'll probably, like, I'll give up. I'll give in. I'll probably give them an Uber, like, uh, an Uber card or something. <laughs> I'm not the guy that's going to go toe-to-toe with your parents. I'm just kidding. But tell them that Pastor Gary said to get you to you. Another great location, if you're a child in here from kindergarten to fifth grade, you have to get plugged in to children's ministries. Look around. Look at, look at all the stuff that's happening right here. This week is VBS. And VBS, this church is committed to seeing young people love the Lord. This is a multi-generational church that believes in you, young person. And we are committed to seeing you become the next generation of leaders in Harvest Church and in the world. And you have to get plugged in. Uh, Kathy is doing, Mrs. Kathy is doing such an amazing job of leading our children's ministries. They're not doing VBS because they need something more to do. Because they don't know what to do with their time. They're doing that because she absolutely loves the children of Harvest Church. Parents, let me encourage you. If, if your kids are not a part of children's ministries... Get them to go to that service over there in the multi-purpose rooms while you're in here. I promise you they will grow and they'll build right relationships. Another great location for you to go is a Wednesday night prayer. You will build right relationships with the people at Wednesday night prayer. You know what type of people I want in my life? The type of people that know how to pray for me. The type of people that believe in me. The type of people that will pray for my family. The type of people that will pray for my ministry. The type of people that will pray for me to continue to walk with the Lord in a very effective way. I want people like that in my life. How about you? Another great location to go to, Sunday Night Fire. Tonight at 530, we have Sunday Night Fire. The people that go to Sunday Night Fire are coming knowing that they're going to expect the Lord to be there. These are hungry people for the Lord that don't just hope that God is going to show up, but they know that God is going to show up. Why? Because God will provide right relationships when you're in the right place. Somebody say amen. amen. God, number three, God will provide miracles when we're in the right place. Elijah knows that this widow only has enough supplies to cook one more meal. And she, and he literally has the audacity, knowing that she only has one more meal, to ask this widow to go home, cook that last meal, and to bring it back for him to eat. What? Like, he, like knowing that this person only has one more meal for her and her son, and he says, hey, why don't you go ahead and cook that meal, go home, and then bring it back for, to me because I'm hungry. Look at verse 14. 
For this is what the Lord, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Verse 15. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. Somebody shout every day. That's a miracle. So there was food every day for Elijah. Notice this. For Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour did not, what was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And I don't want you to miss the miracle that took place here. She only has enough resources. She only has enough flour. She only has enough oil for one more meal. And yet, miraculously, every single time she goes to cook, there's enough resources. Now, here's another thing that you might miss. The Bible says she only had enough for her and her son. It didn't say she had enough for her, her son, and some other dude walking into the town with some kind of man of God, prophet. The Bible said she only had enough for her and her son. And yet in this moment, she goes home and she's like, I can't. I, like, this is me just acting this out, okay? I, just, I put myself in these Bible character modes, and I'm like, if that were me, here's how I would envision this to go. This person wants me to go home. He knows I'm going to die. I'm going to cook one more meal. And he wants me to bring my last meal that my son and I were going to live for one more day with. And he wants me to give it to him. And then she's upset. She must, I, I could just see it. She must have grabbed into the cupboard, grabbed the, grabbed the flour, grabbed the oil. She cooks the meal. And to her amazement, there's enough food for the guy, the prophet of the Lord. There's enough food for her. And there's enough food for her son. A miraculous miracle just takes place. And then she goes on with her day. I can just envision her going on with her day. And she's like, wow, that was incredible. I've never experienced the Lord like that. How in the world did that take place? I could just imagine her being hungry again right around lunchtime. Right around lunchtime, her stomach starts to bubble. And she's like, oh, man, I wonder if the God that did that for me earlier... I wonder if he could do that for me again. She's like, well, I mean, I have nothing else to lose. I'm just going to die. She goes into the cupboard again. She reaches for the jar of flour and for the jug of oil. She puts this thing together. She cooks enough. And guess what? There's enough for one more meal. And now she has life for another meal. She must go on. I could just envision it. She goes on with her day. She's telling people around the city. She's going to Starbucks. It's like, hey, man, I just made some great food, y'all. I'm, I'm so full. Man, it's amazing and now comes dinner time and now she's wondering man I wonder if the God that did that for me twice earlier today I wonder if he could do that for me again and I envision her walking over to to where the jar of of, of flour is in the jug of oil she grabs it again only this time guess what she's not worried about the portions that she's cooking with because she knows that there's going to be enough she knows that oh I could feed the man of God a lot oh I could eat as much as I want my son could eat as much as he wants she's not worried about rationing the portion control because she now went from wondering if God would create a miracle to knowing that God could do a miracle. There was something that changed in the atmosphere. 
This person went from, God, I wonder if you could do it, to knowing, God, I know you can do it. She went from walking in miracles upon miracles upon miracles and walking in abundance and walking in miracles because the hand of God was on her life because God will provide miracles when we're in the right place. The right place matters. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, the right place matters. And let me tell you something about your God. Your God does not need much to work with. If you would just take the little bit of flour that you've got, if you'll just take the little bit of flour that you've got, and if you will put it in your master's hands, and if you will be standing in the right place, can I tell you that God will make your supplies overflow and he'll renew your supplies that what you thought you only had enough for one, that God will do miracles upon miracles upon miracles and you'll not get to the place where you're wondering if God could do it. You're not going to be staying in the place where I hope God can do it, but you're going to get to the place where you know that God will absolutely do a miracle for you because of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 which says, the same God that did he's the same yesterday today and forever and if God did that for me yesterday I know he could do it for me today and if God did it for me today then I know that God could do it for me tomorrow because the same God that has done it for me in the past is the same God that will do it for me again today come on somebody you might get me to preach up in here God will provide miracles when we're in the right place number four God will provide in a challenging place. I gave you the benefits of being in the right place, but now I want to give you the medicine of the word. Do you realize that you could be in the right place and for that right place to be a very challenging place? And so many people miss this. They think, well, God... Do you really, Lord, want me to be in a challenging place? Lord, if you, if you really love me, Lord, I wouldn't be in a challenging place. Lord, let me remind you that I'm a son or daughter of the Most High King, that this is not how kings and daughters should live in uncomfortable places like this, in challenging places, Lord. Lord, I mean, would you really send your son, Jesus, to die for all of humanity in an uncomfortable, challenging place called the cross? The place where we get to experience God's provision. The place where we get to experience miracles upon miracles. The place where we experience his blessings if off, is oftentimes not a comfortable place. In fact, oftentimes the right place where we grow the most and where we become more like Christ is in a challenging place. The challenging place is where we learn to depend on God. Just ask Elijah. God sends Elijah to the brook, and now he's dependent on the ravens of the air and on the brook for water. It's an uncomfortable place. And I, I, I just, again, I picture myself being Elijah in that portion of Scripture, and he must have been thinking, Lord, this is a very challenging place. God, why do I have to go over there? God, why couldn't you just do it in a different location? Lord, why couldn't you just send me to Hawaii or something like that, Lord? Lord, send me to a great place. And God says, no, I'm not going to send you somewhere else. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to let you walk in miracles right where you're at in an uncomfortable, challenging place. Then the brook, it dries up, and God says to him, I'm going to send you to a widow in Zarephath, and she will take care of all your needs 
there, and Elijah gets to that place. He meets with this widow and sees that she only has enough flour and oil left for one more meal. Again, I got to place myself in the character's mind. And I think to myself, this is what he's thinking when he arrives. He's like, Lord, this lady only has one more meal, Lord. How is she going to feed me with one more meal? And then what's going to happen after that? Lord, I'm going to be hungry again. Lord, do you see I'm a little chubby? Lord, do you know how much I like to eat, Lord? Lord, you know how I like going to Harvest Church on Father's Day to get those In-N-Out Burger cards, Lord. Lord, you know my In-N-Out Burger order. You know I like three-by-three animal-style whole grill onions with the tomatoes and the ketchup and all. I like the special sauce in there, Lord. Lord, you know I like the soda with it. God, this widow cannot supply all my needs, Lord. And Lord, let's just be honest, it wouldn't even be Christian of me to take the woman's last meal. God, why would you ask me to not be a Christian, Lord? This is a challenging place. This was not the ideal situation. I give you that. It was a challenging place. But can I tell you that this was the right place? That this was where Elijah trusted God. That God did not supply for all of his needs where all the resources were. That God did not supply all of his needs in a place where they had enough resources or where everything made sense or where he was in a comfortable place. No, he supplied for all of his needs in the challenging place where he had to learn to trust in God. This was the place where God supplied all of his needs and where he learned to walk in miracles because the place matters. And Harvest Church, we have to learn to stay in the place that God has called us to, even when it's not easy, even when it doesn't make sense, even when there are better options, we have to stay in the place that God has called us to because it's in that place where we will begin to walk in miracles and walk in abundance. But there are so many people that give up. There's so many people that quit. There's so many people that, wa- that walk away from God in these types of places because it's challenging. But let me encourage you today to stay in the place where God has called you to stay. God will provide for you in that challenging place. God will provide wherever he sends you. Wherever he sends you, he will continue to provide for you and to provide for you. God's, God's, God graces us where he places us. Do you realize that? God graces us where he places us. If God has placed you there, then he's going to give you the grace there in order to flourish in that same place. It might be challenging. It might be difficult. But stay in the place where God has called you to stay and stop wishing you were somewhere else. Embrace and love the location where you are at right now. Stay and love the wife you've got. It's getting quiet. Stay in love the husband you've got, not the one you don't. It's getting really quiet. (laughs) Stay in love the job you've got, not the one you don't. Stay in love the house you've got, not the one you don't. Stay in love the friends you've got, not the ones you don't. Stay in love the people that are around you, not the ones you don't. Stay in love the life you've got, not the one you don't. Because in that place is where you will learn to walk in miracles and walk in abundance because the right place matters. Now, I'm sure you must be thinking, how can I know if I'm in the right place? Pastor Gary, we're, we're with you. I'm with you. I, I, I understand that I want to be in the right place. I get it now. But how do I know if I'm in the right place? Well, there is the right place that we must build our life on. 
all other right places might find where we might find ourselves will be as a direct result of building our lives on this one place. And if we build our lives on this one place, we will be able to discover and to discern all the other right places in our life. And this one place is called the secret place. The secret place is where we daily get alone with the Father. We daily get alone with Jesus. We daily get alone with the Holy Spirit. We daily get alone with God. We set aside time to be able to spend time with the Lord so that God could speak to us and so that we could speak to the Lord. There's something that happens when we get alone with God. We're able to discern his voice. The Bible says it like this, Lord, help me to tune my ear to your voice. It's where we discern the right places that God wants us to go. And God is not trying to hide the right place from you. God is not trying to play hiding-go-seek with his best for your life. It's not like he says, hey, I want you to go to that place. And then when you get really close, he says, I tricked you. I'm going to move it over here. And oh, oh, you're close to this place now? Oh, I'm going to trick. No, 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 no. God wants to tell you the right places that he wants you to go in. But the reason why so many people have a hard time finding the right places in life is because there's too much distance between them and God. They don't go to the secret place. They don't know God's voice. They don't know the leading of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, sounds like a secret place, and prayed. Even Jesus, the Son of God, had to get alone with his heavenly Father. Even he went to the secret place. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 says this, But when... You pray, go into your room, close the door, sounds like a secret place, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The Bible doesn't say if you pray. The Bible says when you pray. And having the ability to discern the right places will be birthed out of the secret place. What do we do when we're in the secret place? We pray where we speak to God and he speaks to us. We read our Bible. We worship. There's things, practical things that we do in the secret place. The secret place is where we learn to know his voice. The secret place is where we discern the right places. The secret place is where real intimacy with God takes place. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.